India is the open defecation capital of the world, and that's led to more than 100,000 deaths a year. We went to India to take a look at this problem and one potential solution in a new line of smart toilets. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Ben Fox Rubin. The Daily Charge regular usually spends his time writing about Amazon, but earlier this year, before the pandemic hit, we sent him to India to look at smart toilets. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for having me. So, Ben, before we get into these toilets, let's let's kind of define the problem that India is facing. How big is this open defecation problem in the country? There are a couple of ways of looking at it, but two that that would make it hopefully easier for people to understand. It's about 344 million people don't have regular access to toilets in India. So that's more than the population of the United States, which is one of the most populous countries in the world. And uh, another way to look at it is it's one in four people in India do not have regular access to toilets. So it's a, it's a huge, huge problem. Got it. So, so with that context, I mean, what did you find? Like what, like what, what, uh, what are some of the solutions? And I guess specifically, like what, what is the solution you went to go to India to see? Yeah. So first off, I'd want to start by saying that um, open defecation isn't just an inconvenience. It's not something where it's just like uncomfortable to go to the bathroom outside. Uh, it, it literally, as you said, it causes uh, death and disease, which is which is why uh, India is really trying to get a handle on this problem. There's this tiny startup south of New Delhi called Garv Toilets. Garv means dignity. Uh, and they're they're trying to be, you know, this new concept of a smart sanitation company in India. So they not only created toilets that are built out of steel so that they uh, are more vandalism proof, are easier to clean and can last longer. But they also added in a bunch of different real time sensors like um, water sensors, uh, motion sensors so that uh, they can actually make sure that they're still being uh, operating properly and they still work and any maintenance problems they're able to catch and fix really quickly. We also integrated the toilet system with IoT infrastructure where uh, we are able to track it in real time how the toilets are being made, uh, how the toilets are being used, plus uh, whether they are being maintained or not. In real time we get to know if there are any malfunctions. Moreover, we are also able to track the user hygiene aspects uh, where uh, we get to know how many people have used the toilets, what percentage of them have uh, washed their hands or whether they are flushing the toilets or not, what amount of water is being used. So these are the things that we basically track in real time and it helps us build a strong connection with the community as well. If we are doing community mobilization activities, we know what is the real problem of the community. If it is hand washing, we work with them very specifically towards hand washing. Yeah, and talk a little bit about what it's actually like to be in one of these facilities, because you have an interesting way of describing it. And it's very different when you're like outside looking in versus when you're actually in one of these these toilets or in these facilities. Yeah, so uh, a lot of them look like what you would think a portable toilet would look like, but it's built out of steel. Uh, so those are those are their more basic models. They also did this really interesting retrofit in a major convention center in New Delhi, and that was like a fifty thousand dollar project, which is a lot of money. And um, it looked like uh, the inside of a spaceship. That's how I described it. So it's all this like bright steel. We walked in right when they just opened it to the public and it's all this like shiny steel. 
the urinals are steel, the toilets are steel, uh, the the um, faucets are steel. It's it's really just to break up the industrial look of it. They they went and they added these strips of uh, fake green grass around it just so that it wouldn't all be steel. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty. It looks kind of imposing, like you walk into a bank vault or something like that. Hey, and you talked about some of the sensors and some of the tech that's embedded here, which is. Definitely not like the tech that you'd see in a, a normal smart toilet, things like SIM cards. Talk about that. Like, What else did you see? What else did they embed into these facilities, these toilets, to make them smart uh, and really smart and useful in this kind of environment? Right. So uh, some of the aspects that you wouldn't see in any normal American public toilet are these. They attach the faucets and the toilets to SIM cards that allow them to basically do real time tracking of water usage, toilet flushes, um, hand washing. All sorts of things like that. So number one, they're able to see if there's a maintenance problem, if the toilet, if, if a toilet is blocked or ran out of water. The other thing is also uh, health usage. So they can actually track if people aren't flushing the toilet or aren't washing their hands. Now, granted, some of these toilets obviously are auto flush, uh, but some of that information at first I was kind of like, geez, this sounds like a bit of a privacy issue, but it's all anonymized number one. And number two, it's actually really valuable from a health perspective. So they actually go into communities. And if handwashing is an issue, then they work directly with folks with about handwashing. So this is kind of like really reimagining the concept of a toilet as kind of this, this uh, venue for uh, public health. And, and also when you walk in, you can kind of see they've also got, you know, various billboards and stuff like don't forget to wash your hands, stuff like that. So uh, all, the, all of these elements to reemphasize uh, hygiene practices. Right. And then you actually visited a couple of regular public toilets, right? Uh, particularly some near, near some slums. What, what are the, describe that scene and how that contrasts with the, the garb toilets you saw. Yeah, so I went to a slum in Faridabad where Garve Toilets is based out of. It's it was actually not that far from their co working space, and um, you know the toilets there from from Garve CEO Mayank Mita. Uh, he told me that those toilets had just been built by the government a year ago, and they were already completely useless. They they were they were filled with feces. Uh, some of them had been vandalized. Some of them had been locked up because they weren't useful anymore. The people in that neighborhood came up to us and told us about those toilets. They're just like, basically, they're disgusting. We can't use them. You know, they're back to defecating in a nearby field because, uh, you know, if somebody wanted to use them, they, they, could, they could contract diseases. That's how disgusting they were. So uh, it, it was incredibly stark. And it was one of the first things that I saw when I went to India. And um, it, was, it was really sad. It was really sad. To see that that's what people had to deal with, and it was it was great to get to um, highlight some like an effort that that could potentially try to try to fix this problem. Right, and you followed the CEO Midha around for a couple of days in India as he showed you around here and there and showed you the different facilities. What was that like? What was he like? So he's he's an interesting guy in that. You know, if you think of like an Elon Musk character who's like larger than life, uh, he's he's kind of the opposite. He's very mild mannered and reserved. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't crack a lot of jokes. But what really kind of drew me to him, why I wanted to write about him, was that he's this really like idealistic person. He gets really frustrated about the state of toilets in his country, and he talks very you know 
very passionately about those things. The issue in the developing economies, uh, most of the developing economies, you would see that the toilets, the sanitation facilities do get made, but the government also funds the projects. But what happens is, after months, uh, most of these toilet facilities end up being dysfunctional. And that is largely because of the fact that these toilet facilities get vandalized easily because these are into public space and uh, community spaces. And uh, the fact that they do not get maintained regularly. Even though, you know, he doesn't like, he's not like bursting with all of this, you know, it's not like a three ring circus or whatever. It's still, you know, all of that, all of that passion is really built in about how he really wants to help people. And it was fascinating to write about this story because he wants to help people with toilets, which to me, it's like something that people don't really think about. They don't really care about. They'd rather just move on after using them. And to him, he spent the past five years really trying to uh, make that something different, make it something better. As I described in the story, like a, a techie showcase and a thing of beauty. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of the, the time spent on this project, I mean, you spent more than a year, really a year and a half. Uh, and I still remember when you first came to me with this pitch, because it was a fascinating story and fascinating dilemma, but it was also, it was about poop. And you thought I, I was joking. I, was, I remember yeah, when I was pitching it. Yeah, you thought I was, I, you thought it was a joke at first. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I wanted to, get from you is like what motivated you to write about this topic there's something about uh the juxtaposition between something that people like don't think about and don't care about um and and really trying to like raise that to something higher the other thing that i that really drove me to want to write about this story was this is something like not having access to a toilet. Sure, you get in a jam sometimes out in public, fine. But there are hundreds of millions of people, a lot of them in India, that's just that's their life all the time. So it really made me like shocked and surprised. And I, I kind of felt like people should know about this because I, I found out about this a year and a half ago and I, I, I wanted to tell people this story and talk about it. And it was interesting to hear that even... You know, a lot of folks in India, this, this, there's, there's been this big government push to, to try to build toilets for people. But even in India, it hasn't oftentimes hasn't been on the forefront. So to me, I felt like I really wanted to write about what, what this guy was doing um, to try to, you know, as we talk about, save lives with toilets. I thought that was such a fascinating, uh, incredible thing to, to write about. Gotcha. And... and I don't know if you could talk a little bit about the sort of the, the broader initiative in India of getting people actually using toilets and and sort of how Garv plays into that. Yeah, so there there's uh, this huge project called the Swatch Bharat project. It's the Clean India Mission, and uh, it's been going on for the past seven years. The biggest you know headline is is that Swatch Bharat has built over a hundred million toilets throughout the country. A lot of them individual toilets, a lot of them in rural areas, people that have never used toilets before. They just used, they did open defecation. That's what they did. Um, so the way GARF factors into that is, is that a lot of the time the government will build a toilet, but it'll, it'll fall out of use really quickly. Going back to what we were talking about with that slum that I went to in Faridabad, it's a perfect example build a toilet and then it's like worse than not having a toilet at all now you've got like in this neighborhood these like terrible looking really bad in bad shape toilets uh so garve 
is hoping that their toilets, they're more expensive, obviously, but they're hoping that their toilets can, you know, withstand uh, much heavier use, can avoid being vandalized. Uh, but they also obviously need to main, be maintained properly like any toilets. Uh, so, And that's really important to mention. Uh, you build 100 million toilets, you have to get people to use them, and you have to make sure that they're being maintained properly, including the GARF toilets. Gotcha. And uh, I guess you know, from your trip from India, you know, what, I guess what shocked you, what surprised you, what was the most memorable moment from your, from your trip out there? I mean, granted, this was the first time I was in India, so maybe this isn't like the most original answer, but it is true for me. It was it was the traffic. So, um, and and in a very early iteration of my story, I talk about how like hair raising and crazy the traffic is, but it really like I don't know. It's very it made me nauseous all the time. I know I'm sounding like a like a geeky American, but that's 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 what it was for me. I mean, like there was there was a lot of like really cool stuff to see there. Got a chance to go to the Taj Mahal while I was there, but yeah, it was um, that that was very different. And I would not recommend anybody try to drive out there if you're visiting. And from your the course of your reporting, what what were some of the moments that struck you the most? When we were in the slums, I mean, we, we, granted, this was three translators, but when we were in the slums talking to people and what it was like for them uh, and, and how like life changing and positive it can be to have an available toilet. Again, like you think about your regular life. When do you ever think about that? When, when is that ever an issue that that you wouldn't have access to something like that? And so it was a matter of like great importance. Um, so that was that was really to me. Um, very eye-opening to get to talk to the to the folks on the ground, some of the, some of the poorest people in India, and what what it meant to them to to be able to get get something like this. All right. Well, thanks for your time, Ben. If you have any questions about this topic, hit us up on Twitter at the Daily Charge. You can read all of Ben's coverage, including some additional stories and supplementary material coming out on Friday on CNET.com. For the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>